And welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. She has a lifetime reservation at the Continental, Whitney Nelson. <laughs> Hello. And he doesn't toke, he doesn't boost. What the hell does he do? Evan Wells. <laughs> oh, favorite line so far. Oh, man. It's a, we had to do it early because if we did it 50 movies from now, people would be like, what no the hell is that from? Yeah. Yep. They probably might already be asking, actually. <laughs> it's very likely. That's why we throw the clips in. We have to. Mm-hmm. Today, we are discussing a movie that has three titles, seemingly. <laughs> I have no idea how this happened. So weird. Yeah, it is very weird. The other thing that's so weird is all three different titles, when you find them online... All of the posters are so different. Yeah, it's true. It's true. The posters are wildly different for each like version of this movie. This might be the earliest incarnation of a movie hitting theaters and then being rebranded when it gets to home video. Most recent example I can think of would be Edge of Tomorrow, where it, when it came to video was seemingly live, die, repeat. Mm-hmm. And you can mm. search either of those and get that. It's mm-hmm. really weird. This movie is flying. I'm going to go with that. The name of the team in the movie is the Flyers. Mm-hmm. So flying. But you might also get it as Dream to Believe and maybe even Teenage Dream. Mm-hmm. We're still in 1986. So you might want to go back to listen to our last episode to get in the headspace of what was going on. But uh, I'm going to read the synopsis of this and feel free to chime in. The curiously neglected A Dream to Believe, a.k.a. Flying, can be summed up as a distaff Rocky. I think Whitney has something to say about that part. <laughs> distaff. Yeah, so before we started recording, I, I, I saw the word distaff and I did not know what it meant. And very rarely do I come across a word and I don't know what it means. So I looked it up. And it means a stick or spindle onto which wool or flax is wound for spinning, which has come to be known as being of or concerning women. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So apparently spinning is woman's work to the point where something, a, a thing that you do in spinning is also a way to describe women's stuff. Hmm. And then this, whoever wrote this synopsis is saying that this is a Rocky but for women's stuff. By saying a distaff Rocky. So I just, I had a lot of feelings about that. It got me a little little fired up. But anyway, continue. So it's a distaff Rocky. That part of the synopsis can go flying into the trash can. Am I right? Oh! All right. Sorry. Olivia Diebo is starred as a teenage girl who dreams of becoming a top gymnast. Human, emotional, and financial roadblocks do not dissuade her, nor do her own severe physical shortcomings. You can see the ending coming a mile away, mm -hmm, but there will still be tears in your eyes. Mm. Filmed in Canada, (laughs) A Dream to Believe enjoyed a second life in video stores thanks to the presence in the cast of a pre-stardom Keanu Reeves, which is actually why we're here today. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's why most people are here at all ever. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. So this was directed by Paul Lynch, who went on to have a really long career directing television up until around 2014, 2015. Almost exactly same trajectory as Peter Markle, who directed Youngblood, the last movie we reviewed. 
some things that he's directed that you've seen. The Twilight Zone, the original one, obviously, uh, came out this same exact year this movie did. Star Trek The Next Generation. I think he also did Deep Space Nine, a couple episodes, Xena Warrior Princess, and a personal favorite of mine, Sliders, mm-hmm. starring the incomparable Jerry O'Connell. So <laughs> that's kind of where we are with this. Yeah, so I went, because we talked about last time, we talked about Rotten Tomatoes scores. And so I went to Rotten Tomatoes for this one. It is under Dream to Believe here, not Flying or Teenage Dream. Uh, There are no critic. I couldn't find any critical reviews. Like, no critics went to go see this movie. (laughs) The audience gave it 56%, which is higher than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also no audience reviews. So I went, like, looking for reviews just to see what other people had said about this movie. And nothing was really notable to report except for this one line from one review that I saw, which says, This film itself is a roller coaster of highs and lows. Okay, mostly lows. As Robin goes through more character-building life experiences in 100 minutes than most people do in their whole lives. <laughs> and I Put think it that, on the box art. I think Done. that sums it up pretty well. Yeah. Mostly lows. Mostly lows. <laughs> mostly. Attributed to random internet commenter. Amazing. Yeah, I, I didn't save the link. I wish I had saved the link so I could actually attribute their screen name or the blog that it was on or anything, but I didn't save the link. I just saved the thing and then closed all my tabs so (laughs) we'll seek it out and give them credit on the twitters that's (laughs) the least we could do yeah Yeah, because it really sums up this movie very well (laughs) okay so ev let's start with you yeah right out of the gate does this movie work for you was it effective no (laughs) (laughs) every movie so far has begun with a no Uh no tell me why oh my gosh well first of all i crave widescreen um, I can't wait for an, the next movie we watch that has widescreen because I'm very tired of square. And I've just gotten, I guess, just so used to that. So if you do end up watching this listening audience, just, you know, prepare for uh, a square shape on your screen. And uh, I think it uh, I, there's there's things in this movie. You know, in the last movie we talked about, I said there were parts where I was like, uh, a little attached, and I was excited for what was going to happen, and I found myself interested. Not once did that happen in this movie. <laughs> um, it was very easy to be distracted and kind of start, you know, trying to count threads in the carpet underneath your underneath your feet instead of looking at the TV screen. So um, I was excited that I didn't hear a single French accent, though. So <laughs> no, it is in Canada, out. or was this? In, I guess this took place in Canada, right? Uh, yeah, it no, it, was... it it took place in the in the story. It took place in uh, upstate New York. Got it. Okay, so same general, but it was yeah. it was all filmed in yeah. Ontario, and it's very clearly Canada. Like it's so clearly filmed in Canada and not in the United States. But they did. There's like a couple of prominent U- U.S. flags around the set to be like, no, this is America that we're in. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, yeah. But they, I wasn't the, the championship, wasn't that, it was yeah, they, near Niagara. I don't know if it yeah, was Yeah, they did it Canada. so that they could, like, do external shots in Canada and not. Yeah, got it. Classic money-saving maneuver right mm-hmm. there. Even mm-hmm. three decades ago. <laughs> Andrew, mm-hmm. how much uh, How much did you love this movie? Not not too much. Not too much. I, I liked that Keanu had some lines and maybe Mm -hmm. just like kind of an inkling of character development here. Mm -hmm. Not, not a lot. Let's not go crazy here, but 
it had a beginning and a middle and an end. <laughs> That's and true. Things happened. And yep. Some things were explained. Others were not at all. Uh huh. Once I was derailed from this movie, I could not get back on track. So everything after a certain point of this, yeah. kind of a big character moment for our, our main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just in this for the, the quotes, I guess, at this point. Mm-hmm. I didn't think the gymnastics was particularly well executed. No, I would agree with that. For yeah. a gymnastics movie, there's not very much or very um, well executed gymnastic routines in this it did seem like the main robin her name um it did seem like she was actually doing yes i think she did i think she did nearly all of that it's crazy to think about though because so the you see her doing various stretches and exercises and you're like okay that's very clearly her but then they cut it in a way to make it look like it's not her like there are a lot of scenes where it's like just the body well, of sure, a person i'm sure some of them are not her and yeah. and that's why they i mean that's you know any movie where there's stunts or or sports or anything like that they're cutting away to professionals i think they just did it to like fit the visual language that we got for like training montages or sports performance absolutely rocky reigns again apparently yeah. can't so. get away I think we've we've all said this. Not a movie I would have sought out ever if we weren't doing this. Yes. And I, you know, I I wouldn't recommend it. So no. I also would not recommend it. The only thing that I would recommend it for for any reason is because it's sort of like if Rocky and Pretty and Pink had a baby, mm. and I feel like people <laughs> would want to see it just for me saying that. Yeah. <laughs> Man. And that's the only way that I think that maybe I would recommend it is like it very much is rocky, but it's also very much pretty in pink in a lot of ways. Even some of the the like plot points are and and uh, Keanu Reeves is very much a ducky type character, although I don't think he goes over the top enough with it. Like yeah. there's two modes for Keanu Reeves that I know historically, and one is very somber and the other one is wacky. And I didn't think he went wacky enough in this. I, they clearly set him up to be wacky. He's wearing like suspenders for no reason and a blazer yeah. that his teacher hates. And we'll get right. into some of that. But like they set him up to be like a ducky doing the John Cryer uh, try a little tenderness thing. But he didn't quite go far enough for me to, hmm. to sell it. First of all, how dare you market this so well? Rocky meets pretty in <laughs> pink. Oh, my God. Yeah. People are going to go watch this now. Yeah. It's on Amazon. I, I don't want to mislead anybody. It is not it, it is not worth your time or your dollars. <laughs> if yeah. you already have a Prime subscription, you could just watch it for free on there. I still don't know if it's worth your dollars. <laughs> it's right. not worth your time. That's that's the big piece. But if yeah. you're really feeling like you want to see something of that era, this is very much of that era. Um, you know, it starts out immediately right away with just an 80s AF gymnastics montage. Oh, yeah. And then it goes straight into gymnasts mean girling one another. Mm-hmm. And then our main character is wearing a vest and has a working girl haircut. And it's just, you know, exactly off the bat <laughs> what kind of movie you're getting yourself into. Yeah. I will say this. I, I think the music slaps. I mean, yeah. I was really, yeah. really into it. So this when I like... talked about Youngblood not having a good soundtrack, this is what I meant. Yep. I meant, like, there are so many 80s movies that are trying to create these sort of iconic 
movie moments and have this soundtrack. And Youngblood had a garbage soundtrack made by somebody with a Casio in his garage. <laughs> and this, none of these songs are like great songs, but I think that they the soundtrack kind of does slap. Yeah, it's quintessential 80s. That's yeah. what I would categorize it I think as. I would have like, we're not rating any of these, but I would have given Youngblood like five extra points just if it had had a soundtrack like this one. I think I would have liked that movie more just if the soundtrack had been more close to this. Challenge accepted. I'll take care of that. Okay, so we're all kind of a little less than lukewarm on this. Yeah. Let's just get right into it. This montage mm-hmm. that opens up and kind of sets the scene here. What yes. are we what are we thinking? What are we feeling about these characters right out of the gate? Uh I like that there was a montage. I appreciate that. It kind of got me right into it. But um, I I love a good 80s montage. Yeah. And even yeah. in and this this movie is chock full of montages. There's just montages at the wazoo. That's true. But I do like starting <laughs> it off that way. I feel like it really gets you into a mindset. Yeah. Um but Something kept throwing me off actually throughout the movie, and it started right with the montage, and it was the framing. There was something weird about how they decided to frame most of this movie. And I don't know if it was just because they were, like, sexualizing in in a not-so-subtle way. But you never really got, like, a full idea of the movement of the gymnast and the work that was involved. It was either just, like, you know, the thigh or like mm-hmm. the torso and <laughs> and that that part is like spinning around the pole and it's it, it it really started to bother me i just started to notice it more and more and more and it felt like everything was kind of punched way too far in in a lot of these shots i think that's because they got they hired actors over gymnasts but had the actors do the gymnastics yeah. like we were talking most of this looks like it is her I think that's why. I think they don't want to show you how high they're jumping or exactly what their form is because it wouldn't hold up to anyone who's a gymnast who's competing in anything. Right. So they like the more you punch in and just show like sort of a a mood board of (laughs) gymnastics rather than the gymnastics themselves, I think that you can kind of get away with it. It must be. Because I noticed it too. and, And Andrew already said that like, there were shots that were weird about how they cut it and how they were showing just the body and stuff like that. So he noticed it too. Right. Um, And I think that's why. I think it's because they went for actors over gymnasts. I could say that all of those, basically all of the shots seemed very just like, it was just very plain, right? Mm -hmm. There was nothing, there was one shot like late in the movie that I thought was pretty inspired where they position the camera beneath the higher of the two uneven bars looking yep. straight up. And I was like, that yep. alone was like a great shot in this movie mm-hmm. and very little else. But I, yeah, I remember that shot. Again, I actually think that that shot was to not show how high up the uneven bars are. Because there's different possible. like height and they're trying not to show how high anybody is. Like when they're on a pommel horse or when they're, on a balance beam or whatever, they'd work hard to try and not show you how high off the ground it is. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. That could have been it. They could have used a crazy lens and just made it look much higher and further yeah. away. But yeah. It's like, you know, the Tom Cruise style of filming, right? Always uh, always point that camera a little bit up. Right. Just to he's make seven him... feet tall, right? Oh, oh yeah. That... Exactly. That's how he's six. portrayed, at least. He's 6'13", I think. <laughs> okay, uh, so... Did you have anything else? Not on the the montage, no, but it was good. We come outside. Robin comes outside, and she is surprised by our 
can we call him our hero? I don't know. Is is it too early to do that? <laughs> He's always our hero. That's yeah. why we're doing this podcast. He's our hero. The hero of our hearts. <laughs> our hearts and our minds. Uh-huh. Here is the interaction that transpires outside. The first time we meet Keanu. Hi. You're crazy. Yeah, but at least I don't drool anymore. Hey, Tommy. In a minute, Leo. Why are you out so late? Got a detention from Miss Donna Bukowski. Oh, not again. Yeah, she said she didn't want me to wear clothes like this in her class. So I uh, took them off. Oh, you didn't. Yeah, right down to my underwear. <laughs> Miss Pikowski turned this really neat shade of purple. It's kind of artistic. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Uh, the flirting then... only gets worse from here, folks. <laughs> right. That's the best flirting that he does in the whole movie. <laughs> we need to establish they are not a couple yet. They're kind they of not. just friendly friends. They, yeah. Uh, yeah. We he don't know exactly. Be. Yeah. He clearly wants to be. Yeah. Yes. He's chasing. He looks incredible. Both in terms of being a dreamy teen, but also the wardrobe that they have him in. Yeah. I have to say, the flirting was horrifying. But if I were 16 and watching this movie, I would have immediately been sold. Mm. Okay. Immediately. Okay. Uh, Yeah. He's very pretty in this. And I've never thought of him as pretty, except in Chain Chain Reaction, which we'll talk about when we get to Chain Reaction. (laughs) Right. Uh, And I still don't know why. So many people have seen that, like, bio on the website about that's the first and last time I had sexual feelings for him. (laughs) Um, And they're like, why Chain Reaction of all of the movies? And I... Mm. Cannot give anybody an answer. I really cannot. Unless it's just that he wore a flannel tied around his waist. (laughs) That might be the only reason why. We're going to find out. We'll find out when we get there. Because I haven't seen Chain Reaction since. So we'll see what it is that actually did it for me. But if I were a teenager, both his really horrifying flirting and his prettiness in this movie would have done me in. Yeah, and he's he's generally careless, which I think added to it as well. He kind of is this free spirit. Yes. Yes. I So they've already set up between the training montage going into a little bit of gym action and then this scene outside of the school that we just played. Um, they've already set up where she loves. It's very, very pretty in pink. It's the exact story, pretty in pink. He's handsome and he's rich and he's a gymnast and she has a crush on him. And then the, the wacky free spirited guy has a crush on her and um, doesn't have any money and doesn't whatever. And Again, exactly like when I saw Pretty in Pink for the first time, I cannot for the life of me fathom how anyone could choose one over the other. That <laughs> handsome, rich guy is a dill hole. He looks like a dill hole. I would not, you couldn't pay me to spend time in his company. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Even as a like 16 year old watching oh, this man. where I'm clearly supposed to like that guy. Same for Pretty in Pink, same for this one. I don't even have his name written down. Jim guy is the worst. What, was it uh, was it Mark? Was, mm. m- maybe it is. His name is referenced multiple times. Yeah, no, later they say by the it. Mean Girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we've also uh, we've also identified that there are at least two Mean Girls that see her showing affection towards Muscle Man. Yes, and they're like, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, no. Well, no, because no. because Leah, I do have her name. I don't remember the other Mean Girl's name, but Leah is like the main gymnast and also the main mean girl uh she's in a relationship with what's his face muscle dill man. hole <laughs> yeah <laughs> couple um, names right it is mark it is mark sanderson yes yeah we got a last name there so. you go muscles mark sanderson <laughs> as he's known 
still. Um, yeah. Bef- before we leave this particular scene, it's worth noting a character that we encounter pretty early on as the, the bus driver. Mm-hmm. He kind of plays a weirdly pivotal role throughout this entire movie. He does. It just shows Him up. Him and his brother? His brother, yeah. Are woven into the entirety of this story in a way that cannot be explained and is not explained. It's a little... Mm, Father figure? No, it no. feels It's very, weird. it's very, like, it's a weird take on the stereotype of, like, the wise, like, black character. Yeah. Who just, like, comes in and is cool and, and jive talks and then, like, gives advice. <laughs> that <laughs> is, like... The brother definitely jive talks. Yeah. It's the weirdest <laughs> version of that stereotype that I have ever seen. Because, yeah. like, the relationship of father figure slash the only friends she has in the world. And there's no reason for a school driver to be anywhere that, other than on the school bus for any teenager in the world. Mm-hmm. Let alone playing a somewhat pivotal part of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, And it's just like, I just don't understand why they did that. I don't understand why they're the only black people in the movie. He's kind of this figure that, it, I, I don't know, because the br- the brother situation in the warehouse that we'll get to in a little oh, bit is really... so weird. It's really... But all they do, they are just a force of positive reinforcement yeah, for her. Yeah, just a support structure. I think, to me, what it is, what it feels like to me, is someone wrote this script... And took it to whoever was going to start financing it. And they were like, this 16-year-old girl cannot have everything that ever happens bad to a person happen to her in this movie. We need <laughs> someone to lighten it up. And oh, they were yeah. like, what if we put in these two black guys? Yeah. Oh, man. 80s screenwriting. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. But, like, she goes through so much shit in this movie. And I think that that was the way that it was originally written. Because they don't they don't explain it. They don't try and deepen the relationship or have you understand it more. They just throw these two people in there to, like, make it more happy and feel like she has some support in her world. He tells a terrible joke as, as his first line as well. Do you, do you recall it? Remember mm-hmm. the, the, canary, the canary joke? The 300-pound canary. Is that, am I, yeah. did I get the weight right? Yeah. What I does think a 300-pound so. canary say? Yeah. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. But with a deep voice. Here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> yeah, there it is. He actually sounds like one of the guys from the G.I. Joe cartoon. I would not be super surprised if he wasn't. But yeah, there was definitely a guy with a similar voice on the G.I. Joe cartoon. So I did like in this next scene when she gets on the bus. She uses the bus, by the way, to like get away from Keanu. Like, oh, I got to catch my bus. And they set up a, a a nice little bit of cliche of high school buses. You know, they had, they randomly had a guy with a giant boombox. On his shoulder. And feathered hair. Very, very, very feathered hair. <laughs> and then there is a couple, like, very, very intensely making out. And uh-huh. then out of nowhere, this, like, I guess football player, Letterman jacket, just, like, sloppily eats a sandwich next to her. Yep. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess we covered all the bases of riding a bus in a high school. So from the bus, she's, like, running as fast as she can. And boy, does this girl not know how to run. <laughs> Oh, real bad. It happens, it happens a lot movie. in this movie, and Is she never once looks like she has physical control over her body when she's running, <laughs> which for a gymnast is weird to me. I think it's like they're forcing the 
the reminder of the injury. I think that's what it is, too. I think she, it didn't seem like a natural run. It seemed like an acting choice. And I couldn't figure out what she was choosing to do, yeah. why she was choosing to do it. But I think you're right. I think it's to reinforce that. So she's running, running, running to get to where her sickly mother works. And then we find out in this scene very quickly that her mom is sick, her dad is dead, and her stepfather that owns the dry cleaners where he's maybe working her mom to death is a racist, homophobic, alcoholic, and possibly abusive. And we find all of this out in a very, very short span of time. Yeah. That, you know, so like home life's not so good. So pausing right there. Yeah. You guys (laughs) gave me a hard time for calling out the landlord in the first movie. Did you happen to notice that it's the same guy? From one step away, as it is in this movie. my face. What? No. <laughs> it is. The, I keep seeing shut him. Shut the front door. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm DBing this right now. I don't believe you. He's following me. How is this possible? What was his What was his stepdad's name? Jack? Jack. Jack it was but Jack. I think his real name is Sean. Sean Ma- McCann. McCann. Okay. I found him. Let's see. Let's scroll down to 85. And he's also in Tommy Boy, as I said before. Get One out. step away. It always comes back to Tommy Boy. <laughs> You're going to find a way to tie every Keanu movie Six back degrees. to Tommy Boy. Yeah. Six degrees of Tommy Boy. Uh, yeah, no, this guy was the landlord from One Step Away. It's weird. That's wild. I hope he's in at least one more of these Canada movies. Canada is a much smaller country than they like to lead on. All right, I'm just going to make some notes here that we've, we've already found some similarities in Keanu films. Got it. Okay. So were, were either of you annoyed by the fact that she's running around like a crazy person and doesn't have a book bag? Did anybody notice that? I did not notice that. Oh, my God. I looked at her as kind of like a spirit animal at one point. She almost gets hit by a car, but just kind of like gracefully. That was amazing. Uh Yeah, Uh she gymnasts over Uh it. For someone who runs like someone who just learned how to run today, she sure (laughs) did get out of the way of that car fast. It was good. It was good. What bad knee? Go ahead. Hit my knee. (laughs) I'm fine. But yeah, no book bag. All these books. And I knew going into it that. Her biological father had died, but it didn't really land for me until... They said they said a line in passing to set up that it. it was a stepfather and that the, that the dad was dead. They didn't go into how the dad died or or how long ago or anything like that. Yeah. Just that like this was a stepfather. There was a line in passing in, in the dry cleaners. And clearly he's not liked. And she's like, I'm, I'm out of here. Within a matter of seconds, he's racist and homophobic and seems maybe like he's drunk. And then definitely they hint at abuse in the home life, which we see end up seeing more of later on. But like they they throw it all out there right there. They're like, you don't like this guy. There's no way you will ever like this guy. Creeper. They put it all out there right away in the, yeah, in the dry cleaning tells stuff. Her, so, tells her like how to dress. Was that that scene? Or he's like, yeah. Yeah, or no. It, pretty soon after, yeah. Ugh. This movie does for working at a dry cleaner what Youngblood did for <laughs> working, working on, on a farm. farm. Because yeah. I looked and I'm like, this is awful. Yeah, I don't no. know if oh, those yeah. are the conditions. They make, it, they make it very clear that it is not fun to work in a dry cleaner. It was like dark and there's probably mold. And <laughs> right. It looked really hot. And Everyone's sweating, but yeah. the sweat budget was in line for this movie to a degree. There, there, is, yeah. there are some places where it went out of control. <laughs> right, but again. for the most part, it was not... Even remotely close. And there was an equal amount of sports activity. Yes. From Youngblood to this movie. So I definitely think it was much more in line because it was not every scene people were dripping with sweat for no reason. Mm-hmm. So, there, But there were a few times where I was like, okay, someone got out the spray bottle. <laughs> there it is. 
Yeah. Okay. We are covered. Yeah. So they home life's not so good, and they cover it by taking the dry cleaner scene right into being at home. And yep. now he's definitely drunk, and now he's definitely uh, almost abusive. Yeah. He gets a real stopped. creep, real creepy yeah. vibe. Yes, he does. He does a thing where he stops her to try and get out the door, and he does it in a way that's very like an indicator of sexual abuse, but they never say it out loud. Yeah. Um, yep. But they definitely hint at it visually. Mm-hmm. Um, so then how does she cope with having a terrible home life? And that's by wearing a black lace morning veil and oh, welding gosh. goggles like a steampunk video game character. I was hoping somebody would call this out. Yeah. To moped off into the night and blow off steam by doing gymnastics in an abandoned warehouse. Okay. It's pretty rad little moped for me every shot they they highlighted of this moped looked pretty good i had every indication to believe that this was a motorcycle and then they got me later on when she drives by a man who is seemingly dead from a car accident in this driving to the abandoned warehouse there is a gratuitous shot of her driving by an accident with a bleeding body on the ground (laughs) but you can't see any of her face you don't see any acting happening so the there's like you have this moment of being like is this here for a reason? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because if there's not, there's no good reason to have it there. And I, I made a note about it being Chekhov's red asphalt. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. And then it turns out I am a storytelling genius because it is hinting at the viewers that that is how her dad died. And she subtly rubs her knee. Yeah. Which right. is like, okay, she hurt. Maybe she hurt her knee yeah. when her dad died. It's a throwback. Yeah, so the mopeding. Think maybe it's a motorcycle. She wears a wild outfit to do it. Yeah, but you, to Andrew's point, you don't realize it's a you don't moped realize it's a moped until, until you see later. her feet when they're like yeah. on the little platform. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, you tricked me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. feel betrayed. But she did have an American flag on the back, so that was one of our mm-hmm. first introductions of <laughs> uh-huh. we're definitely in America. Right. Yeah. This, this was not filmed in Canada. No, <laughs> Buffalo. Buffalo. I remembered where it is. It's Buffalo. in Buffalo. Yep. Got right it. there. They say Buffalo. Yep. Um, so turns out she's befriended the security guard at the abandoned warehouse, who is the brother of the bus driver. His introduction is next level weird. Buck wild. It is buck wild. So he gets stoned <laughs> and watches her practice her routine. Yeah. But he's like steps out of the darkness and he's he, he's lit in such a strange way. I had a flashback to the like um, the guards from Indiana Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. It, it, like you know the German guards, and I was like, "What is? Where are we? What is happening? Please, someone provide context." There was no establishing shot. It was like her opening a garage door. And it was like, "What mm-hmm. is this place? Is this a carpet center?" Is, is well, it... so there's definitely carpets because she's doing like balance beams and pommels and stuff like that off of rolls of carpet. And then he starts dancing along. Right. <laughs> and there's a weird he, – he leers at her in a weird way in the beginning when he like steps out of the shadows. And then he's doing a weird leering thing before he starts really dancing. But then they're like dancing together in that awkward tension of who is this person and why is he here and what is he going to do to yeah. her wears off. Um, somewhere through the the dancing. Right, yeah. yeah, I never really felt that went away. <laughs> it's like, I still don't like whatever this guy's intentions are. They can't be pure. Yeah. I just don't know. But it were they established? I thought initially they were establishing some kind of romance, like that he is attracted to her and wants to like 
you know. Mm, mm-hmm. But then it would then, you know, two minutes into that scene, it's like, wait, he's just maybe he's just being entertained by her. This is like yeah. part of his shift at work where she yeah. shows up and dances for him. But still very confusing. So this is where we learn that she has a pre-existing knee injury. We don't learn how or why, but we learn that she has one. Yes. And that that's what the bus driver meant when he said something about her getting better, like yes. her practicing and getting better. Um, we kind of get our first hint at that that's what they mean. Um, they really draw out the like pivotal key points and sort of drips and drabs throughout this movie. <laughs> yep. Like the fact that her dad died and how he died and whatever, they string it along for like 45 minutes of an hour and a half long movie. Same with her knee. Like they show her knee being injured here. They don't address it again for scenes and scenes. It's so weird. Yep. Yeah, it's it's rather it's rather random when it hurts. Yes. There is no uh, it's not repeatable. It's you know, she can be running around and and be fine or it, it, it'll it'll go kind of out of nowhere. The the most common is is when she lands. She's she lands a couple of times and that's when it hurts. That's right. like the most regular time when we see her knee hurt. But, but it, it led me to kind of watch the entire movie with this in the back of my mind at all times. Like, oh, she's going to hurt it now. Nope, she didn't. She's It's oh, totally fine. It's going to hurt. Nope, didn't hurt. And that, w- that was annoying. From, from a technical point of view, this is where I started to notice what the director wanted us to think of as really cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was lit in a way with a lot of blue and orange. It was very flash dancey. Yeah. yeah. And there are and then once I noticed, I was like, oh, this is the cool part. Mm-hmm. Now I can't unsee every other cool part of the film. Because right. it's super in your face. Like, it is very bright blue on this side. It is very orange on this side. Yep. How cool does this look? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Everything else I agree. The warehouse scene, super, super weird. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, she does her dance with the guy, and then that's the end of it. Then they're in school the next day, and their cafeteria has a jukebox like no school cafeteria ever has <laughs> in the history of anything. Not a thing. Yes. The, they start with the shot on the jukebox, and I'm like, why are you showing this? Because this immediately tells me we are not living in the real world. Yeah. We're in anyway. a, now we're in a diner or something. Yeah. We're no longer in a school. Yeah, so then Keanu Reeves trolls the lunch lady. Good afternoon, Mrs. Hanskovich. I'm certainly looking forward to a big, heaping helping of your delicious cream salmon today. Mmm, it's my fave. You're looking lovely today, Miss Hanskovich. Are you using a new razor? Oh, Leo. So... Son of a bitch. I hate Leo. Keanu Reeves' friend is... The literal worst person that I have ever seen, ever, <laughs> I think. <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, it's Yeah. And I don't understand that scene. Like, I get wanting to make him wacky and free-spirited and yeah. whatever. But, like, trolling the lunch lady is mean. And he does it in a much nicer way than his friend does, where he indicates that she has facial hair. That's really mean. But he could troll literally any other person in the school, and I would feel fine about it if it were, like, a teacher or the principal or, like, other students. Yes. Yeah. Doing it to the lunch lady feels... Dick move. I don't know. I, it didn't... That didn't need to happen because it's the only thing that made me not like Keanu Reeves' character. Well, not the only thing. There was a thing later on that we'll talk about when we get there, but... <laughs> 
Well, he was so Keanu was making fun of the food, and then, and then Leo goes. He ta- he t- takes the low road. Yeah, yeah, straight for the juggler. And I guess we're. So- <laughs> I guess we're supposed to take that as like we're not supposed to like this guy, yeah, at all. And this is just a shortcut to get us there because he just continues to give bad advice and oh, be annoying he's for the rest of the film, right? Yeah. Everything yeah. about him, from his laugh to the every word he says, is as Whitney put it, the absolute worst ever. <laughs> yep, pretty terrible. Uh, yeah, so they're they're in the cafeteria. There's some more gymnastic mean girling. Um, and that's when we learned that she used to compete before her knee injury. Right. That she was uh, used to be a competitive gymnast. Because at this point in time, everyone thinks she just helps out around the school gym team. Yep. Not that she is a gymnast herself. So we find out now that she used to be competitive. Like, she's not just casually into gymnastics. She was competitive in San Francisco, I believe. They threw that in. Yeah. yeah. She had so now moved. we know Now we know for the first time, for no reason, that she's the new kid in town. Right. Yeah. But who has developed a very strong friendship with the school bus driver in the short time that she's been the new kid in town. <laughs> None of this makes sense. Yeah. Then that's kind of the end of the cafeteria scene. We go to the gym. And her friend that she talked to in the lunchroom when she finds out that finds out that she used to compete yep. wants the like gym coach of the gymnasts to see her do something. So her friend suggests to the gym coach that she should get up and do something on the uneven bars. Yeah. And then she does the uneven bar thing and does it fine, but then on her dismount her knee hurts and she collapses and so she doesn't land the dismount. And then everyone in the gym, all of the mean girls laugh at her. And that's yep. why she's so pissed off when Keanu goes to hit on her and she's like, I'm not in the mood, I want to be alone. Hey, how's it going? Hey, um, I was wondering if like, you know, me and you could get together tonight and, uh, you know, study. Something like that. I'm not in the mood, Tommy, okay? I want to be alone. Okay. You want to be alone? Be alone. You got it. <laughs> You're siding with Keanu at this point. It's like, this guy, he's trying. You know, he, he just legitimately wants to. I would to... be siding with him more if he weren't just trolling the lunch lady, but. <laughs> yes. Right. But yes. She, she is, he is trying very hard and they show him trying very hard and she does blow him off very curtly. Then yes. she goes home. And she talks to her mom about being sad. And then we learn that her dad died in the car accident, that she was also in, and that's how she hurt her knee. There it is. And then I am a story genius because this is the first time that we find out that the car accident that she saw at the beginning meant something. It was and a then, reflection. Yeah. I was so dead on. <laughs> and then I just can't reiterate enough how smart I am about stories and knowing what's coming up. <laughs> yeah. And then her mom is psychologically abusing her. Uh, kind of by saying that if she doesn't do gymnastics ever again, she's letting the fact that her father died and she lived like go to waste. Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. Which is a terrible thing to say to a person. The grim line that I wrote down where she got the call about the car accident and she said, if one of them has to be taken, please don't let it be Robin. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Why is that your but first thought? But then she thought? says, if you don't do this thing, if you don't pursue gymnastics, it's going to be. F- in vain yeah. that you lived and your dad died yeah and like that's not 
That's not a thing. No pressure. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> That's don't do that. That's mean. That's Mom. terrible. She's gonna hear that forever. Yeah. She's never gonna. She can have no other passions in her life now without thinking. Uh, my dad died so that I could live and do this thing, and yeah. I'm not doing it. So I'm a garbage person. Uh, I failed <laughs> um, this math test. I, I must be a yeah. terrible person. <laughs> so then she's all wound up again and needs to go blow off steam again. So she goes back to her warehouse, but the guard friend is gone. And all of a sudden, there are cops there drawing a gun on her. Right. She almost gets herself shot. Yeah. Almost. Why aren't they telling us what happened to the guard? Well, she doesn't even ask them. Yeah. She She's calling his name, she's, whatever it she is. She calls his name, and the second that the light goes on her, she freezes and doesn't say or do anything for the rest of the scene. Right, but we're led to believe that this has been, like, a daily thing for her. Yes. And now they're not going to tell us, like, where this dude went or why. Well, they do tell us way later. Like... <laughs> 40 minutes from now, they tell yeah. us. Yeah. We're playing the long game here, <laughs> right. okay? With everything in this movie. Like right. I said, they tell you stuff in drips and drabs. I mean, they, they could have just said, they could have had the police just say like, oh, are you looking for whoever? He's over there. And that would have been fine. Well, he was fired. Spoilers. Uh, but they, do, they don't say why he was fired. I will say they don't say why he was fired. Right. Um, Super But weird. also, there were break-ins nearby, which is why there were police there instead of a security guard. Mm-hmm. So she can't, she can't let off steam in the abandoned warehouse. So she goes back home to bicycle crunch herself into a frenzy in order to psych herself up to go back to the gym team and show off her moves again. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. This it's... bicycle crunch thing. It almost felt like an adult swim gag, how quickly yes. and how often they were cutting between Literally, her Literally, when legs I say that she was bicycle arms. crunching herself into a oh. frenzy, I mean it. They like... Also, I think sped up the film to they make did. it seem a little bit more hyper real. <laughs> but she was also working very hard in that scene. Great yeah. form. Um, really great form. The first thing I thought was, I would love to just take this and then continue it for about another seven minutes. <laughs> and just be like, this is the ultimate training month. <laughs> just loop it. Um, so she sucks herself up. She goes back to the gym to show off her moves again to the, the gym coach, which also impresses the hot rich gym guy, but mm -hmm. makes the other gym girls very unhappy. She ends up making the gym team with her sweet gym moves. And this is where the first appearance of excessive sweat. Yes. Wait, are we now at the exercise scene? Yes. So we're now just about to, she makes the team. And so she goes with her friend to work out because she made the team. And they show the realest thing I have ever seen shown on screen. The most truest, realest moment, which is a trail of ass sweat showing through the butt of her what leotard. What was that? Right. Why? There was ass sweat. God, that why? Is, that is literally the most truth I have ever seen portrayed in <laughs> entertainment. But was that the reason? No, that's not the reason. The, nothing else in this movie is like real, true, <laughs> honest, deep cuts of reality. Nothing else in this movie is true, full stop. <laughs> oh my God. It was so sexualized. Yeah. The only reason for it is a weird sex thing. And it's not sexy. I, so I don't know why they do it. But it is nice to see. I have literally, I don't think I've ever seen ass sweat portrayed in entertainment. And it's a real thing. Uh, yeah, um, it was it was all every every angle and every shot in that scene was sexualized. So like they had them on it was either abduction or an induction machine, and it, you know where the shot was like right at the crotch, and then yep. they doing like hamstring curls, and it's like right on the ass, and it was just so forced, just kind of like 
Okay, they're just exercising. All right, this is. I mean, but have you ever seen a movie though where anyone does anything in a training montage? Because it's the same with <laughs> everything else that I've ever seen. I it, guess. it was overly sexualized for no reason in in Young Blood. Bring yes. It On is the same thing. Like literally every movie I could think of in this vein has a moment of unnecessary sexualization. It Maybe. is not unique to this. It's just ten out of ten male gays. We're, yeah. We, yeah. Just yeah. maybe eleven. I don't know. So <laughs> I, I guess I just feel like it sh- it should be slightly more subtle. Like just yeah. uh, just turn it down a touch. Well, the eighties were nothing if not subtle, Evan. That's true. <laughs> Forgot they about were known that. for their subtlety. <laughs> yes. We find out then after this sexualized training montage uh, that the team has lost nationals every year for I guess like ever. So the gym coach is on a mission. And now there's a competition of who's going to go to nationals and it's fierce and it's like cutthroat. And the gym teacher wants everyone to shiv everyone else to get a spot to go to nationals because if we don't have that hunger, we're not going to beat this girl who's won every year that we've lost forever. Yes. What do we think about this gym teacher, by the way? Oh, the hairstyle is on point. Well, yeah, no, that's that hair. Ooh, that hair. Absolute unit. (laughs) Like proper mullet. If we were going to remake this film, the person that I would want in that role is actually mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton. I yes. think she would 100%, kill it. A hundred percent. There was a very Tilda Swinton vibe yeah. in that gym teacher. Much shorter. <laughs> That's great. But like, like if you think of like a mean gym teacher played by Tilda Swinton, you have a very good impression with a absolute unit of a mullet. You have a very good <laughs> m- mental impression of what this gym teacher is like. I haven't seen too many episodes of of Glee, but I imagine that Jane Lynch based her character off of this person right here. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Just go back to any 80s gym teacher, and that's that's the inspirato right there. Yeah. So is this, um, my timing, is this when we see uh, the really great exchange of, of, I think it was Stacy saying he is beautiful when, when Rich Man is like doing calisthenics on the floor? And then, and then the 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 coach says, oh, "This is my favorite line. Uh, you're here to train, Stacy, not exercise your glands." <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that was this scene because oh while God. this is happening, our protagonist is flirting with the dill hole. Yes, <laughs> and Stacy Stacy is looking at him from a distance. And also, it's weird that Stacy says that because I'm pretty sure he's dating Leah and not Stacy. I don't know about that a for a fact, but I think, yeah. So anyway, she's not here to exercise her glands. Ugh. She is here to score her chance to be one of the top three gymnasts to compete at a meet in Niagara Falls. Focus, Stacy. Also, why is like Muscle Man the only male gymnast around? <laughs> I think there's one other guy, but not... I don't think I ever saw another guy. In the large shot we see a little bit later on when the coach is giving making her choices mm-hmm. i think we oh, see another yeah. guy in the background but i could he could just be he's the bus some driver random. <laughs> it's the bus driver <laughs> obviously he's just there for positive reinforcement so now robin the main character is flirting with the dill hole in this whole scene mm-hmm. and the mean girls are very not happy about it she's made the team they're not happy about that she's flirting with the guy they're not happy about that so they're going to get even and they're going to get even by inviting her to Mark's party. Which is a nice, apparently a posh event. Yes, very posh event. 
But they gave her a phony invitation, which invited her to dress funky instead of formally. So she goes and buys clothes at like a thrift store or something. Yeah. Was was that, were those stitches drawn on her face? No, they were just dots. They were just like. <laughs> I got a stitch vibe. Um, so she shows up at his party wearing some wild ass clothes and she's humiliated because everyone there is dressed fancy in a very rich person's very rich house. Uh, and then the like butler or something is like, this is not the correct invite. Yeah. So she leaves and she's humiliated. And at this point, we also find out the next day in school, Keanu Reeves, he has given up on our lead and starts flirting with other girls to like make her notice him. When she gets that, she gets that invitation uh, his friend is giving him some bad advice. I have the audio here, so let's just, to put everything into context, bring it full circle. Here we go. I don't pay attention to her so that she pays attention to me. Ingle. Leo, this is stupid. Tommy, will you grow up? Girls go nuts when you ignore them. If she sees that you're not interested in her, she'll be drooling for you. I'm sick of playing this game. I'm not playing it anymore. From now on, I'm a free agent. <laughs> Look out, girls. It's open season on Tommy Wernick. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, I love girls. it. Yeah, so that's your indicator that he's going to yeah, go. Yeah, that is. Yeah, so I, I missed the open season line. <laughs> I saw, I heard and saw all the rest of it, but I don't know what I was paying attention to. Maybe the invite on the screen or something. Yeah. When he says it's open season on Tommy. Did you happen to notice that we get to see another cuff earring? On Keanu. Yes, I did notice the cuff earring. That's all I can look at ever since Whitney brought it up a couple episodes ago. I was like... <laughs> Thank God. Listen, those those sweet, sweet cuff earrings are really a tragic loss that never made it out of the 90s. They made it into the 90s. They didn't make it out of the 90s. You can bring them back. I would very much like to have people wearing those again. You lead the charge. I'm a, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll wear them. They won't I won't do anything. They'll they'll look normal on me. <laughs> if they look normal, no one will register that it's happening. Evan, it's up to you now. I think I think it's Evans. I'm already on Amazon. I think it's Evans' lot in life to to bring back ear cuffs. <laughs> Done. Yep. Done. It's got to have dangly bits. Yes, definitely for sure. Like the little cross, the little George Michael cross or something. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Keanu Reeves is flirting with another girl, which of course makes her notice him, which is so it, stupid. It and worked. I hated that. His advice it worked. worked. And it also, B, made her do real weird gymnastics in a parking lot to try and make him notice her. Right. I'll get his attention by gymnasticizing. Uh, uh, by, uh, yeah. By, by screaming and doing a handstand on a light pole. <laughs> it was, uh, well, yeah. And then they get into this, this handspring off. Yeah, so the gymnastics mean girls are there, and they show up while she's doing this headstand and yelling and screaming and trying to get Keanu Reeves' attention. And then they threaten her, and then there's like a gymnastics duel in the drive-in restaurant. It's the second movie in a row where we've had a duel to settle a thing. Yeah. Also, her knee is fine this whole time. Her knee is totally fine this whole time. Correct. You gotta also assume that they are presumably flipping on a much harder surface than a gym yeah. mat. Yeah, so. no, this is definitely concrete. <laughs> Definitely. And and it sucks because she does this awesome finale and then she gets reprimanded. But she yep, flips the, over the a gym car. teacher. It's conveniently there. The gym teacher is conveniently getting conveniently her shopping done or whatever. Hanging out with a bunch of teenagers at a drive in <laughs> restaurant. Driving a Bronco. Yeah. Yes, sweet ass Bronco. 
When she flipped over the car to like win the competition, mm-hmm. I just yelled, fatality. Like that was <laughs> it for me. She won. That was she did, and but then she got in trouble, and like she should right. have been which, carried which out means of there. She didn't win because this girl doesn't win in anything That's up true. until the very end of the movie. Spoiler <laughs> alert! Literally every part of her life is terrible event after terrible event. So even when she thinks that she's got a moral victory, she does not because the gym teacher yells. And then later on, some stuff happens. None of it's important. They're at practice, and her friend Carly collapses. <sighs> Because the pressure to get to Niagara Falls is too much, so she's been taking speed to lose weight. Yes. It got real heavy, real quick. Yeah. yeah. That was, I'd say, the right use of sweat. They made her look yes. sickly. Yes, that was, a, that was a correct amount. She literally is dripping it, but it makes sense at this point. She had a nosebleed too, right? Am I making that yeah, up? Yeah. She, she hit her face on the balance beam oh, when she fell okay. off of it. Right. Um, yeah. Um, this was actually just the beginning of a, of a series of kind of downers for pretty much almost the this remainder the of the beginning? film. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Her whole life is garbage up until this point, but this is the beginning of the downers. New new downers. We're just like getting <laughs> pummeled with them going yeah. forward now. Yeah. It's just crazy. This, this is this is like there's sort of like if you're on a roller coaster and it takes off and goes downhill as far as downers go, they pile up real fast here. No, this is like the part where they're where you're coming back in the station and they're slamming the brakes so your like head <laughs> is slamming right. forward and it's just bouncing uh-huh. off the front of the roller coaster. But they do that seven times. They yeah. stop right. the <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. Um okay, so our friend falls apart because she's been taking speed and hasn't eaten in days. So she drops out and Robin does make the team. Then she's in the cafeteria and the girl, mean girls hate that she made the team. So they squeeze ketchup on her hand and then they laugh like it's some great humiliating prank. Huge prank. I do not understand. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Terrible. Like, so not a thing. Like, how does this affect... They didn't even squeeze it on her clothes or anything. They squeezed it onto her hand, so she just grabs some napkins and wipes it off. Yeah, the solution was the lunch lady handed her a napkin. Right. Yeah. Do you even prank, bro? (laughs) So, they squeeze ketchup on her, and Keanu Reeves sees this and puts half-drunk milk cartons on the chair so that they sit down and then they get milk on their pants. That's a prank. Which is... Right. Well, I mean, also barely a prank. Barely a prank, but so much more of a prank than ketchup on a hand. Oh, and then his follow-up line really seals it in. Yeah. Where they they get mad and he goes, I thought cats liked milk. Boom! And I was like, oh, nailed it. (laughs) Crushed him. That's a sweet burn, Keanu. (laughs) So then, after pranking them back after they prank her, he asks her to go to a park to talk. Yeah. And she says yes. So they go out to like a pier or something. I don't know. They're by a waterfront. Yeah. And he does a very weird rant about being a carny. So weird. Yeah. Like just just wild. I don't understand any of it. He does his whole carny spiel and he gets more and more heated and worked up as he's doing his carny spiel. And then he's like, yeah, that's right. I worked as a carny over the summer, blah, blah, blah. Uh, everything in life is a scam. And then starts yelling at her for liking a rich guy. Yeah. And she's like, it's not that he's rich. And he's like, oh, is it that he's prettier than me? And then gets mad about that. And he's literally, like, screaming at her. And she's like, no, that's not what it is. You don't understand. Meanwhile, Whitney's like, no, he's not prettier than you. (laughs) He's not prettier than him. (laughs) Shouting at the screen. Even a little bit. 
I hate him. I hate him, and I don't understand the appeal at all. And no one should ever choose him over Keanu. Wrong. And I'm not even into Keanu, and I don't think anyone should choose this dill hole over Keanu <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so they get in like a physical altercation, which ends in like I guess it's playful. Kind of like right. So he storms off. He literally yeah. like storms off angry and is still like yelling while he's storming off like a crazy person. And she's chasing after him, being like, "No, it's not like that. It's not like that." She chases him literally all over town. This montage lasts like a full day, yeah. and she's <laughs> for for hours. She's just running after him. And then at one point, she kicks him. And then they're still kind of fighting, and she's still kind of chasing him. But then she kicks him again later and harder. But then it's like they smile and sort of hug and laugh. And then they get a really horrifying hot dog, and then they kiss, and now they're in a relationship. I wanted to ask, what is, what is for the two of you, what is an acceptable condiment or condiments to put on a hot dog? Oh, well. I mean, I think any of those condiments are acceptable based on your tastes. Mm. They just put fif- enough for 50 hot dogs onto one hot dog, and that's why it was so horrifying. I couldn't identify one of them. I don't know what like was it relish? Was it the relish? Was maybe? it relish? It was it like was, yeah, it was relish. Black. It, was, it was yes, that <laughs> yeah. was the relish. The, that was that was literally fifty hot dogs worth of relish. It was and obscene. then he puts a bunch of raw onions. So I have a lot of feelings about hot dogs and hot dog condiments. I think that it's so interesting to me that one of the most regionally specific things in the world or not the world in the country is hot dog condiments like you go Mm. get a corned beef sandwich you're getting the same corned beef sandwich wherever you go um and part of that is is like that it's based in sort of cultural tradition like a corned beef sandwich is a jewish thing going back to a certain country that was brought over here but hot dogs are an american thing so every state has its own way of doing hot dogs yeah i'm just a mustard guy i don't i I mean ketchup i was almost off the keanu train at this point when he put ketchup on there (laughs) ketchup (laughs) is is definitely a staple i've I've never i've never liked ketchup um, I don't like ketchup on French fries. I don't like ketchup on burgers. I don't like ketchup on hot dogs. So me, it's just a personal preference thing that I don't like that. What about sauerkraut? Sauerkraut I can do uh, if it's a good hot dog. If it's just like a cheap street meat <laughs> from a cart hot dog, I do not mm-hmm. want. Street uh, meat, new band name called it. <laughs> what about chili? <laughs> chili I can do, but I will never choose a chili dog over a good plain hot dog with mustard and onion and i do like onion on my hot dog chili you're just like making a life decision like i am guaranteed to feel like shit later so the best hot dog you will ever have is in los angeles outside of almost any bar in downtown la uh or hollywood there's little latina women who push around a hot plate connected to a car battery on like a push cart i mean and on this hot plate they cook the hot dogs but they also are wrapping the hot dogs in bacon first and then they're cooking onions and peppers and it's like bell pepper but also a little bit of hot pepper and it's all cooking on the same grill so you get the hot dog (laughs) and the bacon juice all mixed in with the onion and the pepper juice and they're a little bit spicy and then they do a squirt of mayo and sometimes seasoning salt on top of the mayo but sometimes it's just the mayo but it's bacon wrapped hot dogs with all like just a mass of of caramelized onion and pepper on top and that is like the la dog i'm going to la in two days so i'm gonna find that yeah they're they're outside of most bars at night they're none of them have food licenses so you can't just like (laughs) find like like they're not in one place at any given time roll the dice you gotta roll the dice i gotta find tony and ask him where i can find a hot dog yes (laughs) so anyway yeah i i like 
mustard and onion. And I usually don't do onion because most people don't have cut fresh onions because they're not like a, they're a food safety thing. Yeah. So most like street vendors don't have fresh onion. Um, so usually I'm just mustard. Uh, I have done relish in the past, but I don't usually do it. Well, um, will I get it? I'm going to digress here. Will, will I get in trouble for saying that Keanu is like not a good kisser? No. That nice. was not. that was hard to watch. The upper lip was yeah. really disturbing for yeah. me. He just focused on it. Yeah. No, everything about it. Everything about it was it's like disturbing. She didn't have it was a... like nothing was where it should be, and I can't really explain that. But like lips, tongue, face, hands, nothing lined up yeah. to where it should be in real life. And I, I think he was just thinking about it yeah. too much. How about the baby steps leading up to it too? Oh yeah, what was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bizarre. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just their feet, just showing their feet. <laughs> I get what you're trying to convey there, that they're getting closer, but you didn't convey that. It was like this weird, no. are they going to dance now and they're stepping on each other's toes? Oh, no, no, no. They're going to like ugly kiss. Oh, awful. Yeah. It was like she didn't have a bottom lip. <laughs> he just like focused on her upper lip and maybe like bit it and tried to pull it off her face. It was real bad. So, I mean, this is this is going to be a recurring theme for me throughout this podcast, but um, Keanu Reeves is not a good romantic lead. He never has been. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he does not do well when that is the sort of, and I think we're seeing the beginnings of that here. Like, I think all the, the flirting was terrible, but that was like dialogue that was written for him. That's not his fault. But like all of the physical chemistry stuff, like he did a good job with the earlier stuff, the being goofy and the whatever, but the, the actual like romance part of it, of like the kissing and the closeness feels so awkward and stilted and weird I just think that he's I just think that he's not comfortable with people that he's not comfortable with like in real life and he can't manufacture hmm, that chemistry. Good thought. Like some actors can. So then they leave there and now it's like, okay, they're in love. Thank God. Yep, they're in a relationship. And then her dad her stepdad goes to slap her across the face again. Uh, which he started to do earlier and then his her mom stopped him. And he's like, I never would. And then he goes to do it again and gets stopped again because she stops him this time. Yeah. Robin stops him. And I was like, hell yeah, girl. Mm. So he does it because she's showing more interest in gymnastics than in steam pressing clothing. And uh, so she's forced to stand up to him, which I love. And she quits her job. Yeah, he's a bitch. He is. Into that. <laughs> Luckily, she just hooked up with Keanu just in time to bang for roof essentially <laughs> yep <laughs> which is what that's called um and yeah so she's she leaves she's shacking up with Keanu they go out, out to a club and while they're at the club and I don't know if anyone has any input here because I was just the whole club scene I was like I don't understand Way what's too happening long. Like, I didn't need to didn't need to hear so the entire long. song that the band was playing you could easily recut this entire sequence to be a horror film. That's, <laughs> That's kind of how I felt yeah. about yes. it. Right. It was so visually different than the scenes before or after it. It was very dramatically lit. It was very intense. No story. Yeah. Other than the phone call that we're about to talk about. No story happens in this like three minute long scene of being dancing in the club. <laughs> Keanu has moves, I think is what we were trying to to convey here maybe yeah i don't know if that's what was conveyed though. <laughs> maybe trying and that woman yeah. singing behind the cage was oh my god was that, that was the thing yeah scary. so then she gets paged at the dance club uh to find out that her mom is in the hospital so she runs out of the club into darkness into darkness Pitch black 
and then cut to a cut to a her dad sitting stepdad sitting on the porch and a wreath on the door which we are <laughs> led to believe means funeral they never say hey this is a funeral okay i wrote in all caps they cross dissolved over mom's death what <laughs> uh-huh. happened Wait, wasn't there a line uh-huh. from like a doctor at some point that said something like we we tried everything or there was some very subtle line about her death sure but what happened that's like right. what but was the thing sick. is like they they you're With supposed what? to you're supposed to show and not tell. <laughs> and they did not show anything here because they never showed her actually being anything other than tired. They mentioned pills. Like we know she's sick from the very beginning, but like I don't know. The night before is when she comes home, she's like I made it. I met a boy. They're on the porch. They have a moment and then seemingly the next day or maybe later that night ne- she's dead. <laughs> later that night she's That's dead. How? Literally How just does that happen? And they don't and they don't show anything to indicate that. They may have a line oh, of dialogue, yeah, but like all true. of a sudden and they don't even show a yep. funeral. They don't even show no, nothing. Awake. They show dead on the porch in a suit and a black wreath with like blue flowers on the door. And then she's looking at pictures and crying and it's like, Oh, your mom died, but they don't make that explicitly clear, which I feel like is a thing you should make explicitly clear. This mother mm-hmm. is dead. Right. It's, it had to be a budget thing where they're like, we couldn't get another there location or <laughs> like, it just felt I, I was, this was the point that I was talking about where I was so distracted by this, where it's like, mom had the good sense to sew one final leotard together or something like that. She, she always wanted you to have this. And then she died. <laughs> like, I have to imagine as soon as she tied up the knot at the end, she died. She was like, oh, over. Yeah. Lights she's out. completed her life's work of one last <laughs> right. unitard. Godspeed. And then that's it. Um, yeah. And so they're like in the attic and looking at memories and crying and there's, she cries for a while. She can't stay at home anymore, obviously, because now her mom is dead. She has, she quit the job at the dry cleaner. She has no ties to this jerk stepdad. Mm. So then there's like a lot of making love with Keanu Reeves. Can we, can we take one step back and just that really terrible line where the dad's like, whatever jack is like you never gave you never called me dad oh yeah <laughs> like oh. why the why she like, would she like uh, uh, immediately i was just like why would she you're like an yeah. ass like uh, <laughs> it was so like again these are all the things for this movie now where i'm like everything now bothers me about yeah. it yeah. <laughs> like, okay. yeah fair enough yeah yeah um, uh, her her response though was right on. Was you never yeah, gave me great. a reason right. to? Because that's it. exactly what I was thinking when he said that. Was like, well, when were you ever fatherly? Yeah. Why would that be a thought in his head at all? Like, like as if calling him dad would yeah. have changed his behavior in any conceivable way. That uh, it's he was terrible. in uh, he was in Tommy Boy. <laughs> Son of a man. <laughs> uh, so then there's like. I think multiple days worth of lovemaking that we see in this next montage of lovemaking. It seems like more than just one night. And what was the centerfold thing? Oh boy. <laughs> what was that? She found his porn. There's, I don't know what any of this was. The, the, the amount of time we spent panning up the sheets and not <laughs> yeah. seeing any bodies yeah. or people, just the sheets was wild to me. The getting out of the shower and being lit from behind angelically and like dripping water and then leaning over and kissing him, that seemed symbolic, but was not symbolic. I did not get the symbolism if it was symbolic. And that was also on the screen for way too long. They're just like, everything about these sex scenes did not make sense to me. It didn't, did not 
tell a story of time. It did not tell a story of them getting closer together. I don't. It was so. It was How so. How about weird when they to took me. each other's vests off, though? That was pretty. Well, that was hot. Yeah. Right. That's the best part of any 80s so movies good. when they take each other's vests off. <laughs> Loved it. So we're like, okay, great. Her mom's dead. Her dad's dead. Her knee's fucked up. Her life's shitty. She doesn't have a job anymore. But things are starting to look up because she's in love. But good news. There's more bad news. When it turns out that the coach only put her on the team to drive Leah harder. Yep. And didn't really expect her to go to nationals at all. She's not one of the three going to nationals. All of this was a big lie. She's not on the team. Uh, unless, and then uh, good for Robin. Robin's like, I'm going to work harder than anyone else and you're going to take me to nationals. I do not accept this. And the coach is like, Right. I can't stop you from proving it to me, proving yourself or whatever. Yeah. But I never intended to take you to yeah, nationals. So it just, uh, that was. That was not good. Yep. I, again, I'm just I'm off the movie at this point. <laughs> so well, then there's there's no reason to really be in the movie because then there's like another 20 minutes of training montage. I've never seen a movie with more training <laughs> montages right. in my Skip whole life. Skip way far ahead to basically the end. Yeah. Wait. Yes. Essentially, you can skip to the end uh, from this point on. Um, she works for the next, literally, I looked at it, 10 minutes of screen time, 10 minutes in a movie <laughs> is too much time for a montage of training and getting back massages and working out so hard that your friend's like, you have to stop. And she's like, no, yes. not until I'm perfect. Keanu <laughs> was very supportive throughout all of those scenes, though. He very was supportive. the back massager. He was a very he was. encouraging. He was. He was a very good boyfriend. Running badly. I believe there was another scene of her running very badly. So, oh, yeah. It's it's running. most it, yeah. It's worth noting that he's been pretty great. God, she runs so badly. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing like a leather jacket and like yeah. chucks and running alongside his gymnast girlfriend and working very hard to try and keep up with her. And that was right. actually my favorite part of him in the whole movie is when he's trying to keep up running with her, yeah. wearing absolutely zero clothing over. that is appropriate for <laughs> yeah. running, just to be out there with her. Yeah, it's very cute. It's very cute. It's very endearing. So she does like she does okay in the championship for the first what two events yeah the uneven bars the leah girl gets what like a six. nine mm -hmm. six and then she right, gets a yeah. nine three or a nine five or something like that right behind her and then they take she, a break she like leaves well let's let's the, the yeah. star athlete the, is just she just falls off the bars and presumably dislocates her oh, shoulder yes right so so the one who the yeah the one who earlier I said the coach said like this is the person to beat she's won every year when we've lost every year that girl falls and hurts her arm and it looks like probably dislocates her shoulder. Also, but I'm is not she a like eight years old? <laughs> she looked extremely young. I mean, she, I think she's a real gymnast. So all real gymnasts look eight because they never hit puberty. It. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I was like, oh, this is the only person who who does this. She has no speaking lines or anything. She just comes on. And is a gymnast. Got it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and that's why I know that she's a real gymnast is all of the people who don't have speaking lines are real gymnasts because you have to get them a SAG or after card if they have speaking lines. So you have to like usher them into a union if you're going to have them speak on screen. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. And we couldn't even afford to show a funeral in this movie. Yeah. So <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> there's no way we're going to hire a gymnast and then get them into a union. No. So. She falls and hurts her arm. Now it's basically down to her and Leah. And Leah's in first place. <laughs> All right. Here's where... Literally seconds before she's about to go do her floor routine. Right. Her drunken stepfather 
barges well, in. Well, wait, wait, we got some other stuff going on here. Apparently. Oh, yeah, okay, talk about the other stuff. The bus driver shows up with his brother, right? And then we find out that uh, every, he, the brother got fired from being a security guard. He, apparently oh, yeah, he yeah, yeah, can't yeah, yeah. hold a job, but they're there for moral support. That happened maybe a little bit earlier, but he takes her. It's like, oh, we got to do the floor exercises. He's like, she'll be back in just a minute. And he like takes her to Niagara Falls. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Which, where? Okay. And then he gives what I believe is some pretty like mediocre advice at best <laughs> that comes back in about five minutes. Here's the advice. His name was Blondie. And he was the greatest acrobat that ever lived. He walked that wire across the falls a hundred times. Fall. Ice, rain, he survived it all. He didn't know fear, and nobody ever duplicated what he did. Blondin didn't think about winning or losing, and he wasn't worried about beating anybody. When he was doing all those amazing things, do you know the one thing he was thinking about? Just getting his ass across the falls. That's all. <laughs> getting his ass across the falls. Now you think about that before you go back into the auditorium. Hmm. Okay. Think now, about his ass. Here's another thing. Think about getting his <laughs> ass across the falls. When they go to Niagara Falls and he gives this advice, it is daytime. When she finally snaps out of whatever haze she's in and realizes she needs to get back to do her floor exercises, she is booking it at night through the streets to yeah. get back in time. Yeah. It is an insane amount of time. And... That guy, he's already back there watching the floor yeah, routine. Yeah, he left so he, her and yeah. went back to the gym, and she's still sitting there I can't, she, she's processing like, the information. <laughs> right. She just, she loses, she loses track of time. It is crazy. But then, as you said, Whitney, stepdad shows up for some reason. In a drunken snit. Nice. <laughs> and he is there to rough her up because no one walks out on him. Right. But then... Keanu knocks him out and we actually get the line from the brother of the bus driver <laughs> <laughs> knocked fucking out <laughs> he says that and I their, loved their, it their one fuck they used in that moment <laughs> yes uh, so I will say also uh, the, the stepdad does slap her and she falls and hits yeah. her knee on the ground that does not come back nope, into play she's though. fine no you were you were like this is some sort of indicator of her not winning or not like tying because she's gonna do some move and hurt her knee. She lands on her knee hard and she goes ow, and you're like oh no, that ruined the floor show for her. It never comes yep. back up again. So don't worry, the knee's not a problem. <laughs> it's all ruse, <laughs> right? Yeah. So Keanu and the friendly neighborhood school bus driver and his brother <laughs> break up this fight. So that oh. she can go in and get a perfect 10 on her floor. Did you uh, both show. see the perfect 10 coming? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. At least one thing needs to go right in this girl's life for it to be a movie where no one slits their wrists in I the saw, auditorium. I saw the 10 <laughs> right. coming when they picked her to be in the championships. I mean, it was, in fairness, a pretty solid routine. A lot of flipping all over the place. I, I'm not a judge Standing of this stuff, ovation. so I have no idea. So, and, then, and then that's the movie. Yeah. Let's let it should be worth noting that uh, you did, you know, everyone storms her and congratulates her. And she's you did it. You know, you you fulfilled your dream or whatever they say. And she's like, no, 
I just got my ass across the falls. Oh, God, it was mm-hmm. so bad. And then mm-hmm. there's a freeze frame. Psych, there's like 12 seconds of movie left. <laughs> and I hated that because that would have been a great yeah. freeze frame. And they took it away from me. Yeah, they, uh-huh. they could have done the Rocky freeze frame and really put it all together. But they they ruined it. And then they, it, it's not even like it was worth it. They just walked outside. There, there was yeah, no additional the story or... Yeah, there was literally, uh, it was a very anticlimactic end to what could have been a very climactic ending movie. Was there anything else that was notable that we didn't hit in your notes no. or anything like that? I, Nothing. Yeah. So, ultimately, Whitney, recommend, not recommend? Don't recommend, but if you're feeling like a real 80s itch and you you can't scratch it because you've already seen all the 80s movies, I guess watch this one because it is... Peak 80s. The hair, the outfits, the music, like, it is about as 80s as you can get. So if you're just looking for another 80s movies to, like, spend a Sunday <laughs> afternoon cleaning your house and watching an 80s movie, this, <laughs> this one, one would do it. At least the music's good. It's good background music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't funny enough to be yeah. really, like, pretty in pink-esque uh, for me. And and that would have, if, if it had been less shitty things happening to her, more consistent with the narrative or funnier it would have been a movie that i might actually recommend even if it's not great because there were some parts of it that were like very 80s and that i enjoyed but i overall no i do not recommend it got it good ev recommend thumbs up thumbs down no don't watch this movie (laughs) god just get the soundtrack if you want to hear the music okay uh it was not no it was not good at all I would, I would, contrary to Whitney, I would promote Young Blood over this movie. Interesting. Okay. I mean, it depends on how many Rob Lowe butts you have seen or want to see. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. If, if you want to see one, go There's watch There's a Young dearth Blood. of Rob Lowe butts in your life, then go watch Young Blood. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm thumbs down on this one. Uh, there was a lot to, a lot of fun things that could have happened in this movie, and it ultimately ended up being. Uh, kind of a downer for me really rough storytelling not it was just kind of all over the place so mm-hmm. so dear listeners you can take from that what you will i guess <laughs> <laughs> next week we are going to be talking about brotherhood of justice which was actually a late edition it was not on the first round of the film list because it was a tv movie but then i looked at the synopsis And I absolutely, we have to watch this, right? Yep, I agree. It's a group of high school students, and they're tired of violence, so they become vigilantes, okay? And it's Keanu, and uh, who else was it? Um, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland, And Lori Loughlin, who's amazing in Full House, like two decades later. Billy Zane. (laughs) Right. So, are we looking forward to this one? So, I am looking forward to it. But I did look it up on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has no critical s- reviews and an audience score of 39%. Yes. So it is not well-liked, but I am still looking forward to it because I think Kiefer Sutherland and Billy Zane and Keanu Reeves being teenage vin- vigilantes is a movie that I can't not see. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. Ev, yeah. where are yeah, you I'm, on this? I mean, I said it last week. I, I'm in for any... Any of these movies. <laughs> Vigilante Justice is one of, like, if you were going to take, like, a subgenre of films, it's, like, right up at the top 
for me, like one or two. So I'll go in for even the worst vigilante justice movies. I'm very excited about nice. what the future holds for us. Yeah. yeah. So with that, uh, you can find our website at coolbreezepod.com, access all of our episodes, list of films we're reviewing, and much more. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. You can literally find us pretty much anywhere. You can also reach out to us by emailing coolbreezepod at gmail.com or hitting us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. If you think this is a podcast you can get behind, give us a subscription and let us know that you are liking it. And a signal boost in the form of a four, five, six-star review would be Oh, yeah. Create very, extra stars. Yeah. Just add and give additional those to stars. Seven-star review for us. Please. <laughs> please. So we'll be back next week. But Whitney, where can we keep up with you on the internet in the meantime? All right. Well, I feel like I've done a lot of talking and in, in, in really uh, narrating this gym movie. So <laughs> I'm just going to keep it short and say when Whitney underscore Nelson on Twitter. That's N-E-L-S-E-N. And you'll be able to find me and any one of my numerous other podcasts there. Amazing. Ev? <sighs> um, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and on Twitter at Evan Acre. That's A C R E E. That's all. Am I to understand that your Twitter is not a fun follow, though? So don't worry about it. Oh yeah, definitely uh, not a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. We gotta get you out there on the internet more. Yeah. I know. You can find me on almost every social platform at Dark Driving over on YouTube. And now on iTunes, I have a video editing teaching lecture series, whatever you want to call that, called The Primary Storyline. We talk about Final Cut. We talk about DaVinci Resolve, all that good stuff. It kind of relates to filmmaking. So give that a subscribe if you're into that. Thank you all for joining us on this episode. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. <laughs>